With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome back. Chris Gordy show rolling on here on a Thursday, the biggest weekend. It's South Louisiana sports of the year, maybe in several years. Massive stages for both LSU and the Saints. Join us now to talk a little on the college football front. This is our buddy Bill Bender from Sporting News. Bill, uh, kind of a slow week, man. Not a whole lot going on for you, right? Yeah, there's a lot going on. I'm helping my wife get the groceries out of the car because it's about the only window I've had where I haven't been doing something. So, uh, um yeah, big weekend for you guys down there too, I assume. Yeah, I mean this is this is absolutely nuts. I mean, look, LSU Alabama is a big game every year. Um, you know, look, let's be honest. When you and I were at, at at SEC Media Days, LSU has absolutely exceeded everybody's expectations for how good they could be this year. And you know, look, that a lot of people didn't give them a chance against Miami. People didn't give them a chance at Auburn. People didn't give them a chance against Georgia. And here we are now, Saturday night in Death Valley, where it doesn't get any better than that. And they're over a two-touchdown underdog to Alabama. Uh, were you surprised by that line when it came out? I thought it would be 11.5 or 12.5, honestly. Um, but, you know, it pushed up to 14.5. And, and, you know, that's the challenge. Uh, you use a lot of boxing analogies when you talk about Alabama. I think the key for LSU will be, can you survive the first half? Can you survive the first punch? I mean, I saw it firsthand in Knoxville, and, you know, that game was over six minutes in. So I think we'll see if they can rattle to a little bit. And on the other side, I just think Joe Burrow has to have the night of his life for LSU to have a chance. Yeah, and, and look, I think Steve Ensminger is going to get creative. I mean, you know, even Nick Saban said it this week. He said this is a different LSU team on offense. They have different dimensions. And he said it's not just eye formation pounding the rock anymore, which is what became predictable of Les Miles and Cam Cameron was, you know, the Leonard Fournettes, the Darius Geises, they – they would take the ball and try to run against nine, ten-man fronts, and it just wasn't wasn't going to happen. So, uh, you know, look, I think Edzminger is going to be creative, but if you go back and watch last year's game, though, uh, Bill, LSU is not afraid in Tuscaloosa. Danny Etling hung in there and made some throws down the field. LSU just didn't execute. DJ Chark dropped a couple of big bombs, and they just didn't make the plays. The plays were there. They just didn't make them. And so tomorrow or Saturday, I think LSU, the plays are going to be theirs, but they got to make them. Yeah, and they're going to have to make more than they could have made last year. That's the thing because you're going up against uh, this Alabama offense that's so much better with Tua. I mean, they've got four receivers that check every box, right? They run. They run good routes. They're good hands, and they catch the ball. And they're going up against that LSU secondary. I think that's really where the game's going to be won or lost for LSU is does this really good secondary with a couple all-American caliber players, you know, not give up the big play because Alabama's just thrived after big play after big play, especially with Judy and Waddle. Yeah, and that's what I'm looking at, too. I mean, when I've watched Alabama this year, those guys have been wide open down the field. Judy and and Waddle, like you said, or Irv Smith, the uh, tight end. Um, 
LSU's got defense NFL defensive back. Greedy Williams is going to be a top ten pick in the draft this year. Uh, Christian Fulton, we'll see what happens. You know, it's his first year uh, in as a starter after he was suspended the first, you know, the last couple seasons, and um, you know, and, and he was a five star athlete though, and he's starting to show out, starting to prove his his worth. Grant Delpit is having probably the best year of any safety in the SEC, if not the country. I just think those guys are going to, you know, man-to-man coverage. Can Tua make those throws? Because all year I've just been watching them throw a ball up to wide-open guys down the field. Yeah, uh, there's some of that scheme. I mean, if you go back and watch the one throw to Waddle, though, against Tennessee, that was through three guys. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, it's substantial, and it's it, this is what they do. So, again, it, it, it goes back to those boxing analogies. Can LSU actually rattle this guy, you know, or is it going to be – and I'll be honest with you, I mean, without Devin White, that's going to be a challenge because I think Alabama will probably call it a little conservative early, try to run the football up the middle and, uh, you know, establish that and maybe try to take the crowd out of it, which will be hard to do. But, um, and, and again, you know, they can't, Joe Burrow can't complete 54% of his passes in this game. If that happens, they're going to get beat pretty badly. What, why are we so confident in, I mean, look, Tua has done everything well and the offense has been great, but again, we can't ignore the fact they've played no one. The best RPI team they've played so far is A&M, who ranks 40th. The next one after that is Ole Miss, who's 61. I mean, they have not played not even a good defense this year. they played terrible defenses, uh, Arkansas, Ole Miss. I mean, they have not been tested yet. LSU's going to give them a test unlike any other, and I just don't understand why not enough people are bringing that to the attention. That two has been great, absolutely. But when you're beating up on nobodies and you've not been tested yet, um, it's hard to me to think that they're going to do that exact same thing to LSU in Death Valley on Saturday night. Well, you can only play your schedule, though. I mean, they can't schedule the Patriots. I mean, that that would well, be like come back to that. I mean, I mean they they could. They, yeah, they could have. Um, but and then that would be interesting. But I I think. Well, I mean, the SEC, too. They, they do have five teams in the top 11. Uh, I mean, it's and they just haven't played right, any Bama's, of those teams. Bama's yeah, played none of them, right, because LSU they, gets Georgia and Florida while Bama's playing uh, Mizzou and Tennessee in the East. It's just not all SEC schedules are created equal. Well, that's fair, too. I mean, but, again, it's not it's not Alabama's fault that Louisville didn't have Lamar Jackson, and it's not <laughs> Alabama or not, like it's not LSU's fault that Miami started Malik Rozier. I mean, it's, it's, this is, that's, that's just one of my peeves, you know, Chris, and because we're, we've done this enough, we can go back and forth a little bit. Sure. I don't, I never buy the, they haven't played anybody speech because you can only play the teams on your schedule. I mean, I've heard the, they haven't played anybody speech about Notre Dame and Clemson and, no, and I think UCF, Notre Dame, I but think those Notre, teams, they can only play who they play. I think Notre Dame's strength of schedule is far and away better than what Alabama's played. I mean, Notre Dame has been tested, and that's what, that's what I'm curious on Saturday, Bill. LSU has absolutely been battle-tested. You know, a double-digit underdog on a neutral field in a season opener against Miami, they responded. Double-digit underdog on the road at Auburn when Auburn was still playing very well, and LSU responded. You know, on the road in the swamp, they 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 tried to overcome adversity, they lost, but they still battled in that one. And then the next week to bounce back and upset number 2 Georgia where they were near, you know, over a touchdown underdog at home and they beat the snot out of them. So I just feel like LSU has been more battle-tested this year. We don't know how Alabama's going to respond when they first get punched in the mouth because they haven't been punched in the mouth yet because they've been playing slappies. No, and that's why the first quarter is so important. And, you know, uh, as I 
putting the two article I wrote that you probably didn't like because it was just drooling on Tua for for 2,000 words, uh, that, you know, they throw a first-quarter punch, but so does LSU. I mean, I went back, look, what is it, 69-9 in the first quarter? Um, That's why that first quarter is so important because if it's 7-6 to after the first quarter, I think we all settle in. We're like, all right, we got a football game finally. And if it's 21 nothing, everybody will just change the channel to the next game because that's, that's what Alabama can do. I don't think they will. I think this is going to be an interesting game going into the second half. But, again, I think it comes down to can LSU survive basically for two quarters without one of the best linebackers in college football, which was a ridiculous targeting call, by the way. <laughs> um, so, you know, I get a bonus point back for that. There um, we go. <laughs> and does this, I just want to see the secondary versus those receivers. I, I think that's going to be good. And then on the other side, you know, can Joe Burrow manage the game, keep the chains moving? And like you said, you made up a good point. I mean, whether it's Chalk or whoever, last year, I mean, can he make those one or two big throws that kind of get that crowd into it? And I would look for them to take a few shots deep, deep early. I think they have to. Well, here's what encourages me, Bill. Well, one, the secondary, they know Savion Smith. He was at LSU before. They know, you know, they know him and, and any weaknesses he may have. They know Patrick Sertan because they recruited him the whole process. And obviously he's still a freshman and very raw. But here's what encourages me. After eight games, Alabama's usually under Saban. They're usually entrenched at the top of every statistical category on defense in the conference. Their rush defense, which they normally dominate that category, is ranked fourth in the conference. Their total defense is fourth behind Mississippi State, Kentucky, and Georgia. Saban's bread and butter, which is the pass defense, is fifth in the conference. I mean, again, the, the, this is what it, this isn't that typical 2011, 2012 lights out defense from Alabama. They're good, don't get me wrong. But you know, I, I asked one of the guys who covers Alabama a couple weeks ago. I said, LSU played Mississippi State. Could you argue that Mississippi State has a better front seven than Alabama? He said absolutely they're better. So if LSU could withstand the test of the front seven of Mississippi State and still score whatever they scored, 19 points, that encourages me for Burrow and company against Alabama's front seven. Oh, sure. Montez Sweat's pretty good, though, isn't he, for Mississippi yeah. State? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's like good. Simmons and, and that, that guy. guy's a, that guy's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, you know, this is what it is. It's a, this is why this is such a big stage, and I, I do think – you know, LSU's got to got to attack that front, run the ball, play within themselves. And as you know, and I'm sure it's been recited down there quite a bit that you know the last three games down there haven't been blowouts. Alabama's won by an average seven. The one they they played in overtime, the one year LSU easily could have won. Um, again, yeah. So I, I think we'll see if they can run on that front seven. It'll be a, a telling thing. Unfortunately, Chris, I'm going to be at. Uh, uh, Kentucky, Georgia instead. So well, no, that, we that have should be a, a good one. Personal, uh, well, the reason why is, you know, my son's flag football playoffs are the next day, and I'm the defensive coordinator of that front <laughs> seven. Man, I mean, if, if you're, if, depending on how you coach in that one, Saban might give you a gig next year to come coach his, uh, his secondary. So. <laughs> no, well, I think that'll be a fun game, too, but I think Kentucky faces all the same questions. You know, can they. Can they run the ball? Can they stop the run? Can they make right. Jake Fromm uncomfortable? And, you know, I think Kentucky has a chance in that game, but it's going to have to be an ugly game. And LSU, same thing. Can they can they run the ball? Can they stop the game run? Can they make Tua uncomfortable? And can they kind of make it ugly? And if they make it ugly, you have a chance. And, you know, I'm sure, are they already in the stands there at Tiger Stadium fired up? I'm sure they are. <laughs> I mean, the worst thing they could do for, for Alabama is make this a 7 o'clock night game in Death Valley. I mean, my goodness, they are going to 
they are going to be liquored up by noon. Uh, I guess people just need to hydrate to make sure they don't pass out before 7. But, yeah, look, I mean, the, I thought the home crowd, Bill, helped build momentum and was a difference maker in the Georgia game a few weeks ago. It, it can absolutely be that again this Saturday. And, look, as, as much as we want to say Alabama's, you know, they, they've been there, done that, they got a lot of young guys who have not been in a tough environment like this yet. I mean, it's a lot of those guys they lost in the NFL last year. They lost a lot of experience. So, uh, you know, this is going to be the first time in a, a real hostile environment. And, two, I heard his comment earlier this week. You know, we've, we've been in a hostile environment like Tennessee. Uh, I'm telling you right now, Bill, Knoxville, Tennessee this year is nothing going to be compared to what Death Valley will be on Saturday night. Right. Well, yeah, I was at Knoxville. They cleared that place out by halftime, uh, the way that game went. It was it was truly bizarre seeing that. I, I, I do think they, they operate on a high level of efficiency, and uh, this is the test. And I think if they pass this test, they're going to be in. But, but this is the thing you probably don't want to hear is that I think if LSU wins, the, the, the college football playoff rankings, by putting five SEC teams in the top 11, yeah. it, it gave them an insurance policy, essentially. That's what I was telling my buddies. I was like, Alabama will still get in if they lose. Absolutely. They'll go 11-1, and one and they'll be a four seed. And If, if LSU beats them, they're going to drop to four. They'll still be in the top four next week. Watch. Well, that would be, okay, well, let me do this one with you. Let's have some fun with this. LSU wins Saturday. LSU wins the SEC, and they take that spot. Mm-hmm. And Clemson and Notre Dame went out, and Alabama goes eleven and one, and Michigan goes twelve and one. Who would the committee take? I, I think, think they should take Michigan, but I yes. think they would take Alabama. Yes, I think they need to start harping on resume because last year what they kept harping on against Ohio State was look at their one loss. That loss to Iowa was terrible, and I kept harping on let's stop talking loss and let's talk wins. What have you done? What have you done to impress me? And I think the name and the cachet of Saban and Bama, everybody just wants to plug it up there. But again, I think each year should stand on its own. And Alabama's resume this year compared to that of Notre Dame or Michigan, I think, and especially Notre Dame, Notre Dame's got a far and away better strength of schedule than Alabama this year. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, they do because they, I mean they beat Michigan, they beat Stanford. They've got a couple down the stretch here. I mean, I think this Northwestern game, in a lot of ways, is going to be fun for them on Saturday. Um, we, as you know, there are a few, few journalists that went to Northwestern. The ones I know are pretty fired up about this one. Um, but yeah, I agree with that, and I think that that was my gripe about UCF. And I know they're such an unpopular topic, but I did think it was wrong that. Florida with two losses was ranked ahead of UCF yeah. one because I think the committee's just saying you're not going to the playoff there because um, we'll put a two loss champion in over you and two honestly think UCF would beat Florida uh, or it would be close I, I think it would be a fun game if those two hooked up head to head yeah and UCF showed one game you know one game scenario they can step up and beat an Auburn but I think they're just sending the message hey you're non-conference your best non-conference game you scheduled this year was North Carolina. Like you got to do a little bit better than that, and that game got canceled anyway because of the hurricane. So, uh, Bill Bender, sporting news. Last thing for you, Bill. I saw it's not all bad. You put out your bowl projections, and you got LSU playing Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl. I think most ti- uh, Tiger fans would take that, all things considered. With uh, coming into the season, they were ready to fire Coach O. Yeah, I mean that would be a fun game too. I don't think I think Oklahoma is the other X factor team in this last month because they got their loss out of the way and now they're hanging 60 on people and 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 playing really good offense but again if LSU wins here 
it's all in front of them. You know, yeah. it, they, this is their playoff shot. If they lose, likely out because the the rules just say two losses, you're probably out. Though this year, get back with me on that in two weeks. And uh, you know, you guys have reason to be fired up down there. It's it's one of the greatest scenes in sports. It should be fun to watch and. If somebody's going to beat Alabama in the regular season, and I would even take it as far to say SEC championship because I don't see them losing to Georgia or Kentucky, this is the chance to do it. Adrenaline is a crazy thing. You get that pumping and suddenly Purdue destroys Ohio State. You never know. So Bill Bender from Sporting News. Bill, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Hey, this was one of the more fun ones I had this week. It was very spirited, Chris, and that's what I like. I'll call call you out, Bill. I'll call you out. We'll go toe-to-toe. I love it. That's that's that that means you have a good show. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. We'll talk again soon. Bill Bender there from Sporting News. Uh, always uh, does a fantastic job writing, covering college football for Sporting News, but uh, also a fun interview as well. It's the Chris Gordy Show. We'll grab a quick break here. We'll come back more uh, on the other side of this. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.